Hey there. Hello. Welcome back to Behind the Pixel, the podcast where we try to bridge the knowledge gap between those who buy creative content and those who make it. Getting better every time. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're very excited. We're super excited. We're finally talking to someone who buys creative content. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we just came off of a very exciting and exhilarating conversation. Uh, we we talk a lot here I think to, to both to and at each other, you know? Yeah. Right, right. And I think I think we might be over that a little bit. Yeah. We're sick yeah, of it. Right. We need we're, we're we need sick other, of each other other voices here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So we were happy to have our very first interview. This was the first time doing it, but the goal was to put you behind the scenes, get a little bit of that secret sauce, but into those conversations that we generally have before, during, and after our production workflow with our clients. Yeah. So you can hopefully experience what it's like and hear it directly from the mammoth's mouth. Ooh. Yeah. Big, we'll get, big, well, you'll, big you'll know what we mean soon. <laughs> um, please like, follow, subscribe, share, comment. Star uh, it. Star, five star Interact. it. Four Give us star emojis. It. Get, send us your emojis. Do all of the things to put those those tip coins into tip coin. the digital tip jar. Yeah. Um, you know, tip coin. <laughs> Yeah. You put a little tip coin in the tip jar. All right. Well, let's jump into our interview. So today we are joined by the wonderful and talented Tracy Wolf. Uh, she is the senior director of the Amherst Fund at Amherst College, which is located in Amherst, Massachusetts. <laughs> We've worked with Amherst College on several different projects utilizing the medium of animation. And Tracy has been one of the folks that are at the forefront of those conversations. So she's a communication specialist implementing effective and creative strategies for award-winning campaign communications and branding across print, web, and social media platforms. So, Tracy, thank you for being with us. We're super excited to have you on. Well, thank you. It's so nice to be here. It's thrilling to be on a podcast. I mean, although I thought that someday I'd be on a murder podcast. So this is like a little different for me. But Who knows? This still, could translate, you know, at ooh. some point. Yeah. We could... <laughs> Let me just say, excited to be on a podcast. I wanted to start by asking if you could give us a better sense of your role and your responsibilities for anyone who might not know exactly what you do here. So I work um, in annual giving. So uh, certainly communications is a foundation for that, but the communications is all to get people to make a decision to support the college. So annual giving is the thing where we ask you to write a check in support of the college's and as I say, write a check, let me just say that's from olden times. I understand <laughs> most people do not do that anymore. Um, but whether you Venmo us or make a gift online, Apple Pay, all the different ways you can support the college, but to raise money in support of the operating budget. So we raise over $10 million a year in support of Amherst and financial aid and faculty support, sustainability. We have ways you can direct your giving. We are the most, I like to say, democratic part of Advancement World. We really communicate with everyone. So that means we have to think about how we're reaching everybody and finding, there, there's not one size fits all, but what is a kind of general way that we can communicate what we do and our priorities across multi-generations, all sorts of affinities. 
and communications is at the forefront of raising money for the Amherst Fund. Yeah. Awesome. You, you touched on it a little bit, but what are some of your goals when you think about the year? Can you go through that with us in terms of, from your perspective, what are the goals for your particular department? So advancement is, um, is a large world, and we have various metrics or KPIs that we use to measure our success over the course of the year. In the Amherst Fund, we really are focused on two things, dollars raised and also participation. Although we don't like to talk about college rankings, one of the ways that U.S. News and World Report does its rankings is based on alumni satisfaction, which often includes a look at um, alumni support philanthropically. So the Amherst Fund um, and Amherst College cares deeply about participation, not for that reason alone, but because it has a long history of alumni support. Amherst has been one of the top five, six schools in the country in terms of alumni participation. We are very proud of that tradition. All schools, I mean, across higher ed have been seeing dips in participation in their annual funds. There's a myriad of reasons for that. Right. We're all trying to unlock exactly what the answer is to reversing that trend. But um, we still are at the top of kind of those metrics. So we're looking at participation. Then we're looking at dollars raised, of course. But we also build a pipeline in the Amherst Fund. So what we're also looking at is how we're getting people into the habit of giving so that we're, you know, people might be mad at us who have been giving to us for 50 years. So they'll say, I'm so mad at you, but here's $100. Right. right. It's right. the ingrained habit of giving. And so we're moving people hopefully up so that they're thinking to themselves, I give every year and eventually they're increasing their gift as they go if they have the capacity to do so. So we look at a variety of metrics, first and foremost, though, so, participation and dollars raised. Yeah. And then underneath all the ways we're kind of supporting those those metrics. That, awesome. makes, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious to just how how many people are in your department here? Because that feels like no easy task yeah, to figure task. out the yeah, amount yeah. of different audiences that you're working with and how to build long-term strategies with them. Yeah, we have a team of actually right now, I think we are at 11, just in annual giving. Mm -hmm. And the way we're organized is we have people who work with specific ranges of classes. So we're very generationally focused, but we the first affinity that we're sort of looking at at Amherst is class, what year you graduated from the college. We assume that that's, you'll be in reunion cycle based on that graduation date. So for example, a class manager might work with with classes that are in the fifth, 10th, and 15th reunion cycles. So it's sort of that group. And they start to become real experts about how they need to communicate, how the volunteers in each class work. We have close to a thousand volunteers in the Amherst Fund. So our team really focuses on volunteer management as well. And they become experts. So sometimes when we have a communication, someone will say, this isn't going to work for our, our, my classes. I need to rethink the way that we're going to tilt this message, or we need to have a stronger X or a less of a why. Right, right. So it sounds like everybody has sort of some level of bringing ideas to the table, figuring out a strategy. And so with that, do you ever have conversations where like you're talking about what creative mediums you could use to actually utilize getting that message across to others? Like how does that sort of come about? Yeah, you know, it, it's been really interesting because we have been dipping our toes more into digital marketing, which is ridiculous, right? I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I will say as a as a jet, when I say that at this point in the world we're dipping our toe in, that that's you wouldn't be the only one to say that, <laughs> though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. you're not alone. Thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> for making me feel better. Uh, you know, and honestly, 
actually like as someone who is a Gen X or like, I, I don't, you know, I find it creepy when ads follow me and I, mm -hmm. I don't like the, you know, I, but yet I watch my children who are Gen Z and of course they expect those things. And so someone, a volunteer who's a millennial who works in this world said to me, you know, um, this is the reality. This is where people are. So we have started to think about where we need to be, right? We have to be where people are. So our class managers often come to me and they're like, you know what, I, we need you know, more memes, right? Like you, mm -hmm. we have to up that game. Yeah. We have to think about the way video plays a role. We use texting, for example, we have a texting mm. tool that we've been using for a while. We thought, oh, this is going to, you know, this is, we're really going to focus this on millennials and Gen Z. And what we're seeing is really the people who respond most to the text are often boomers mm. or late Gen X because <laughs> They treat it a little bit like email from some time ago. So they they respond, right? right. They, they actually answer. Whereas Gen Z or millennials, they assume we're bots sometimes. And mm. we have to explain, you know, we're really people. But it is really <laughs> interesting that it's it's been so much more successful when we assume the other way. So we're constantly mm. having to adjust our strategies on yeah. where on where people are. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. I'm just thinking about the bots now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's so many bots out there. There are. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people will ask us, they'll say, prove that you're an Amher, you know, that you you work at Amherst. <laughs> Tell me the name of three buildings in the quad and also what's it, you know, for lunch in Val today. It's like answering so we, security, security questions. Security questions on it, for yeah. 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 Factor yeah. authentication. Right. And we send emojis and yeah, all the little purple hearts and, and mm -hmm. little, you know, the closest we can come to a mammoth is a is a elephant. But we, you right. know. Right, right. But it is it is tricky. Yeah, it absolutely is. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the mammoth, we've animated the mammoth a couple different times um, in different ways. And so I wanted us to sort of get through. So the, the reason we built this podcast is a little bit to get a sense of like, you know, the behind the scenes of our production process and, and really hearing it from you and from other people we've worked with. How, how have you used the medium of animation in your communication strategies? Yeah, you know, so part of it is, is I, I think for us is that Amherst is an institution that just celebrated its 200th birthday, right? Ooh, we, right. we just Congratulations. Yeah. Yes, That's it's big. huge. <laughs> We've never looked better. Um, and I, <laughs> I have, um, and so it comes with a very long and rich history, which I take seriously in my role. There is a weightiness that comes from an institution that is that old and that holds the really important mission that Amherst does. So let me just say, I, I take my job seriously because I know that the resources that we're, the money that we're raising in the Amherst Fund goes to support a place that I think is vital to to existing in this world. I think it, Amherst has a role to play. I, I believe education is going to save us all. So I so I do deeply believe in that. That said, I think we can take ourselves very seriously, and and in part because we're doing very serious work at Amherst College. I right. and I appreciate that. But I think part of it is too is that we've got an amazing alumni body of somewhere around twenty three thousand people at this point doing fantastic, extraordinary things in the world. And also some of the funniest people I know and the most creative and the smartest. So we, I sometimes want to flip what we do a little bit on its head so that people look at it twice in order to get people's attention in a crowded marketplace. I think we have to think a little differently. I think I want, sometimes I want people to say, wait, is that Amherst? Right. Mm. Because we do. I mean, you know, for a long time, our, you know, when you saw Amherst College, it was in Trajan font. Right. It, I mean, it looked like it was like carved into the side into of the a stone. Building yeah, yeah, dome, yeah. Right. 
And I, I so appreciate that, but I also think there's other sides of it and that we should sometimes be lighter, get people's attention, remind them of sort of the fun things about it. And animation is a great way to do that. There's a sense of humor in it. There's a, you look at it twice. It can be beautiful. It can catch you off guard. That to me is always a good thing when I'm thinking about the ways that I can bring attention to what we're doing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. it sounds like you're saying a little bit that at least in in this particular case of like the projects that we've worked on in the past, that it was a way to sort of break the mold a little bit, not in a way that's like off-putting, right? But in a way that invites a new format for engaging with the content that you produce. Is that is that correct? Yeah. I was much more articulate. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. That's only because I heard it from you. Yeah. No, no, but that's right. And I think too, when you brought the mammoth to life, I, I think, you know, giving it a personality, it's a it's a fun way to see something sort of come alive and have a personality. And and Amherst definitely does have personality. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 also I think what I'm gathering too is that there's a little bit of a challenge there, at least in institutions that have this rich history. Yeah that are, I want to say, more more formal. That animation sometimes has to play a role of being lighthearted, but but can also be on the other side too. And and I just, I, I want to maybe think about that challenge a little bit. How do you deal with that challenge or how has that challenge come up? Can animation be more formal versus can it, does animation have to be only lighthearted? I think can, that, you know. Yeah. How can you implement this new form of medium yeah. in in that model that you have? What sort of challenges did you face there? Yeah, well, I mean, the videos that you did um, for us around our giving day, we really needed to explain a concept, right? And I think we were trying to do something a little bit different with our giving day. And this started in um, the spring of 19. And during the, during um, the pandemic, where, yeah. Pre-pandemic, yeah. In oh, olden pre-pandemic. times. Oh, pre-pandemic. <laughs> I know, yeah, we See, started time is a construct. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So we started with this concept for our giving day then, but then you helped us when we started, when we wanted to return to it. Mm-hmm. So we, because we had to put it in on, on hold. So, uh, you know, I believe that the act of expressing gratitude, right. It, there's all sorts of social science around this makes you happier. When you say someone, you say thank you to someone, it mm-hmm. actually makes you feel good too. Yes, and right. so the idea behind the giving day was you would make a gift to the college in someone's honor and you could send them a message and an Atkins farms, apple cider or donut, which is a tradition, right? In the, in the pioneer Valley. And every time we post a picture of apple cider donuts on Instagram, people are like, it's our most liked picture. And people are like, (laughs) I love that, you know, these donuts and I miss them. And, you know, so the idea was they're a staple in the community. Yeah. Yeah, They're pretty (laughs) amazing amazing. donuts. Yeah, exactly. The irony was, is that I had briefly, it was a brief, sad time in my life, given up carbs and sugar. So at that moment to be surrounded by donuts. But so that first year, <laughs> what we did is we, um, you made a gift and, and I could make it in honor of you, Will. And I would say, dear Will, thank you for making my Amherst experience everything it was. You know, you're still one of my best friends. Much love, Tracy. So then when you were on campus, you would get a message that said, Tracy made a gift in your honor. Here's what they said. And here's my message. And go pick up a apple cider donut at one of five tables that we have 
have on campus. Mm-hmm. That, that. And, and that was a lot of fun. And over 800 messages were sent and faculty and staff loved it. And so did current students because they could hear from people. And we got a lot of interesting data, right? Like which yeah. faculty member had the most donuts sent to them, right? Oh, so the next year, yeah, we That's were fun. thinking about it. We were like, yeah, exactly. Like who should we be, whose voices might we be featuring more? Whose picture might right. we be included? Or, you know, when we, when we ask people to support the college, who do they want to hear from? So it was really helpful. But then the pandemic came. And so we had to kind of pause and pull back from this. So last year was the first year that we could go back to having a campus presence and to go back to donuts. And I felt like, you know, in these years, we needed to kind of reestablish it and to explain again exactly how the giving day worked. So we needed the animation that you worked on to be fun, but we also really needed it to explain what the concept was and to bring a little bit of joy back Mm -hmm. to it. So you did those great videos for us showing the process of making the gift and the message going out and how the donut looked at, you know, so it explained that. And then when people opened up their email, out popped a donut coming out of that, out of an envelope, which you know, that character at sort of Donut Pal had been sort of th- used throughout <laughs> the campaign. So it was fun, but it also did have to educate. It had to explain. And it, and that was really helpful. Yeah. Do you did you find that it was challenging to sort of get the idea of doing this as an animation approved by the team? Or was that a, an yeah, easier process? You're working it, with 11 people. That's a lot of creative voices in there. Yes, I think. Um, voices. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually work with an advancement communications team that's really great. And mm. and so it, the question is always and this is something I struggle with. And I think my colleagues would say this about me, too, is that I I don't think that any one person, if they're if they're in a leadership role, has a lock on the best ideas. So it's really hard to decide sometimes, like, who should be in the room. And I don't want to miss out on voices. But then um, as someone once charmingly said to me, you're the decider, you have to make the decision. And I think that's a thing that I really work hard to balance. Mm. And the other thing that I always warn people is that when you're working with creative people, with designers, with people who do the kind of work you do, it's really important not to come in, in my opinion, and have a set idea of what you think the final product's going to look like. Mm. So often people are telling you what they want, but they have this idea in, in their heads and it's really specific. And then when the designer comes back with something totally different, that person's like, no, that's wrong. Right. That's that's actually not wrong. Yeah. That's it. So I always tell people, like, let's talk about what we want this thing to do. Like, what, what's the goal here to educate, to yeah. catch their attention in a fun way, whatever the thing is, and tell the designer that and then let them do the thing. And and maybe they'll come back with something you hadn't even considered and it'll be just the right answer, right? It'll be the best thing to do yeah. in a way you hadn't imagined. And so that's the thing, like for me, who needs to be in that room with you to talk about what's important and then how, when to take feedback and when not? You know, sometimes we get the thing back and I think it looks great or I think it really misses the mark. And someone else says to me, nope, that's exactly it. That's and mm. and I, I listen a lot to the millennial and Gen Z voices in, on our team because I think they're looking at it in a way that is really important. And that population um, now represents over one third of our alumni body at Amherst. Right. So right. if I only listen to what I think as a woman in her 50s from a particular place and time, I'm losing out on a lot. And and that would be, I think, a big mistake. Yeah. For me. Yeah. That's a, I mean, I want to acknowledge that 
kind of everything you're saying here is, at least for me, music to my ears of like <laughs> some of the challenges that we've seen and some of the the ways in which we acknowledge that everybody comes into the process from a different place or a different knowledge set or a different understanding. So it's it's really nice to hear that like kind of in a way as you approach a creative, it's like letting go a little bit to feel maybe a little bit uncomfortable in that way to not know what to expect, but then to trust that process is a, is a beautiful thing. So yeah, can, can I ask you that. a sort of a personal question? What, what was your, prior to getting to us, what was your experience with animation? Did you have any experience prior to getting to open pixel? Very, very little will. And actually um, when the ma- so Amherst changed its mascot somewhat famously, it got a lot of coverage and there were a lot of feelings about it. And the alumni body mm. actually voted. It was a, it was ranked choice voting. It was, there was a faculty member was involved. There was an alumni committee. I mean, it was a really kind of involved process. And so when the mammoth was chosen, initially there was no, the mammoth didn't have a design, right? Mm. The, the mammoth needed to be designed and it wasn't yet. And so um, this was not long after I returned to Amherst. Um, We used to do a competition with Williams College where the youngest 15 classes would compete. It was called the Biggest Little Challenge. And and the youngest 15 classes at both colleges would try to raise the most number of gifts. It wasn't about the dollars raised. It was the number of gifts. And Williams is slightly larger. So there was a multiplier that was like 1.13 we cared deeply about that multiplier. There were <laughs> like math on multi- checking of math, arguments, how many decimal places. Uh, so let me just say, we took it very seriously. It was usually about a week and a half competition. That's and, on brand um, though. That's on, on brand. brand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is. And I have to say, like, I, I feel I, I'm going to out myself here. Although I work at Amherst College, I attended Williams College. So it was, you know, there's that, always yeah. like something at, weirdly at stake for me. And mm-hmm. um, so I'd always say like, I want Amherst to win the biggest little challenge and I want Williams to win the football game. It's like the one day ah, that I could get ah, <laughs> into love. So that, yes. It was always around homecoming, always like right around there. So um, before we had the mammoth, we actually did some, we worked with somebody who helped us um, in the day. I used to watch South Park. I'm not like, ah, proud. Yeah, yeah gonna, that's uh, fine. Yeah. So, you know, still going, still going, still going. No, I know. I, yeah, I know. I don't, yes, I, I am aware. (laughs) Kenny, as you may recall, gets killed in every episode in a different way. And so my thought was, is that maybe the mammoth would stomp the purple cow. So we, we did these very short 10 second videos that you couldn't see the mammoth because there was no design. So there were cows, purple cows, just in a pasture and a, and then like a tusk would come out of no place and fling the cows uh, over the far hills. Mm-hmm. And one point the cows are, are sitting and reading and a mammoth foot comes down and turns them into cow coins. This was, I thought this was sort of funny. And I, my goal was to garner more attention for both Williams and Amherst on social media with these. And I showed them to my college roommates and they said, maybe you should focus on being the best Amherst you can be. (laughs) (laughs) Poignant feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then my kids were like, mom, maybe don't tell people that you were trying to kill the cows. And I was like, no, that's true. I I love the cows. I don't want to do that. So, so we, we Hmm. did a series on that and it was really interesting to me that instead of the sort of traditional, like, come on, everybody, you know, that, that, that caught a lot of attention and we got a lot of comments on Facebook. That's where they primarily were living um, from Williams alums. 
right? They were sharing it and that garnered more attention, which was interesting. And then we had the next year's, the cow and the mammoth, because the mammoth, like at that point was more of a thing in competitions with each other that was also animated. Right. right. Um, and that caught attention. And then we moved on to a Twitter war eventually, but <laughs> it, I mean, it was, you know, trying to get attention for Williams Amherst, that competition was tricky and just doing a bunch of emails did not seem to be, to me, to be the answer. So that's when we started, we tried animation and I realized that it got a different kind of attention, but still got the message across quickly with images. What could be better? And that's good to test out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recommend killing the cow, and I apologize to all my alumni brothers. Yeah, it's on record. There's an apology. Yes. We're all good. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am an Eve. Yeah, <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, so for someone who's maybe in your shoes at a different college or thinking about going into animation in this kind of way, can you d- describe a little bit of your experience through our workflow from your eyes. I mean, we obviously we do this all the time. We understand what it's like to be on sort of the creative side and, and guiding some of these questions. And I don't think we've ever asked you this, but what, what was it like to go through that experience from your end? And honestly, you know, feel free to destroy us here because uh, we're not perfect. We don't have the best uh, oh, yeah. pipeline. So just let us know what was it like. Uh, we'd love to know. Here are all the ways you disappointed me. Oh, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. I'll write them down. Yeah. Let me No, I mean, I have to say, um, I mean, working with you was really interesting for me because every time we work with a creative team, we I feel like it's an opportunity to learn a lot. So, you know, when you shared storyboards with us, when you um, the process that you went through, the steps that it took was really interesting to me because I I didn't. I don't see any of that. I never really seen it that up close before. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot. And I also like for us, we'd say, well, just, you know, change that thing. Just like move that thing around. And (laughs) and you would say, okay, but it's actually more complicated than that. (laughs) And I think um, I really appreciated that because I think what you do is fascinating. Right. So I hope mostly I didn't bug you with a lot of questions, but I also think your suggestion because you, Again, like this goes back to not telling you everything that we wanted down to here's, you know, we didn't provide you with storyboards, right? You provided them to us. What things you thought were important, especially coming from outside, like when I explain, you know, the concept of giving day and donuts, right? Right. You have to ask me a lot of questions and the way that your minds worked around that was really interesting to me. And it actually made me think about like, how are we explaining it with using words, how much we rely on that mm-hmm. because Amherst is a writing college. And so the, if the words and, and I, I write, and I, I think it's really important, obviously, but the way you translated things was really interesting. You know, again, I always think, it's about the work. So you were very good. I think about, you know, when we provided feedback, when you gave us feedback, I think that worked well. We were, we were honest about it. You were also very realistic about (laughs) what was possible. (laughs) I think I came, I forgot what the, one of the ideas was where we were like, you know, like donuts exploding from a thousand cannons and like, you know, and I just remember you being, there was like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that's really interesting. (laughs) And in the future, we could do that. Right. Oh, that was it. It was, it was the Harry Potter thing. We were like, oh, in Johnson Chapel on campus, there are so many portraits of all these. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we said, wouldn't it be fun if like in Harry Potter, they all came alive yes. and they all were like tossing donuts back and forth through Johnson Chapel. 
And I just remember you being like, yes, that is a great idea. (laughs) And maybe we could do that another time. You were very good about turning us. Yeah. And I appreciated that because you brought all of that knowledge with you that we were like, you're just going to picture and then make it move and it'll just be perfect. You know, there's something to that. Yeah. Yeah, Because I think in, in a way, like I think that original idea helped to inform the idea of the statue coming to life. And then we, you know, so there's something about that process that like you need the creative input from both sides, because without it, it's like you're only hearing it from one side that is a, as you said, like a translated idea. It's almost like we're playing like a game of telephone and it's like, okay, you're telling me this one thing about your goal and your message. Here's how I'm translating it. And if you're like, wait, what just happened here? then we've we've missed the mark. But if there's a way to translate while bringing some of our creative ideas to the table, while inheriting the ideas that you've brought to the table, then I think it allows it to shine a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's also something else in there that I think I'll mention, because I think about it all the time. You watch something like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse or something that's animated that's feature film-ish. And you go in, you watch it, and then you kind of leave the theater going like, oh, yeah, that was nice. You know, not thinking about like how many other parts and how many other people it took to build that thing. <laughs> yes. And even I do it, you know, like I'll, I'll, you know, I'll watch something that's a, that's a big feature film or even a small thing. And I'm, I'm like, oh. How many decisions, right? How many decisions? Yeah. And what did yeah. it look like when it started and what did it, how did it get to that point? Like who made that brilliant decision to do that thing or, yeah. you know, yeah. And that's the thing. I think we look at a finished product and we're like, oh, yeah, right. That's of course, that's how it went. And we don't think about all the choices and opportunities that people had along the way and mm-hmm. the course that it it sets. And one of the best designers that I ever worked with, like she would always say, like, we're never going to do a trifold brochure. Don't come to us and say, it's <laughs> you know, like. You know, that's the thing fundraisers do, right? Like if we would just have this one trifold brochure that explained everything that we do, like then everybody would just make the gift and they would understand. And like, that's what I need. And they're always frustrated with communications people because, and the designer used to say, we'll never do a <laughs> trifold brochure. Don't ever cut. And, and because her thing was, tell me what you want to do. And then we're going to, we're going to think about that creatively mm. and make all those choices. We think about that on the side of like, for us internally, like never making a whiteboard video. And we can get into that at some point with a whole other episode. We'll have an episode but yeah, yeah. 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 So like what was the standard thing? Right. And let's not do that. Let's do something different. Yeah, there's there's also the idea of separating the outcome from the creative, right? Here are the outcomes that you're looking for in your campaign or in your goals. And then what creative will do that is like kind of a different conversation. Right, right. Um, yeah. Cool. So you touched a little bit briefly on the idea of feedback and what that process looks like. And I'm wondering if you can dive a little bit deeper into it in terms of like, how did you feel when you were first giving feedback? Were there things that you were confused by the, you know, I, I think for us, we were, we were very appreciative that you constantly asked questions to better, like you were saying, to learn and understand that process. But were there ever parts that were challenging about that feedback or how did that, how did that go for you and your team? Yeah. I mean, it's hard because the further along we got, right, the more invested I became mm-hmm. in exactly what it was. And so it was hard when, you know, you show the thing to somebody who hasn't been part of the process and they're like, you know, <laughs> yes. or, well, 
think it's be this, and you know, and then you're like, I'm going to die on this hill, right? Because you've now gone up the hill. And that's a question I always ask people like, you know, is this the hill you're, you, you want to die on? You feel like this is the thing, but the further along you get, the more invested you are in that direction, right? Because you've made those choices. And then when someone sees it from the outside and, you know, especially people that, you know, supervise you or others of your peers where you're just, what you really want them to do, you realize is to say, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. You're <laughs> right, so great. Right. Right. Like you're looking for that acknowledgement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The recognition that like the work was put in and it it produces great result. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so when they say like, "Hmm, (laughs) you know, know, what I would have done if I had been in Mm. charge of it. Yeah. Like, and that's the, that's the hard thing I think is not taking it personally and also, but you put your heart and soul in it. Right. So I think at least I feel like I do. And it seemed to me you did too. I mean, I, I came, to, I think we all really like those videos. We really like the donut pal, we called them. And, and I, I feel like all that feedback, it hits a different way when you have a relationship and it's built on trust, right? Which was, which is what I think, you know, we work to do with you. I think you work to do that with us, that there's a, that there's a um, sense of trust there. And that comes with making decisions together. So when someone does give me feedback from outside, you know, it feels different when I have a relationship Mm. with that person than when I don't. Um, And, you know, not everybody's going to like everything. So we're sending out something to 23,000 people. And I got feedback about what we were doing. And, you know, this is, this is not the Amherst college <laughs> yeah. that I feel, you know, and which is like a yeah. perfectly natural sure. reaction yeah. 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 that. Yeah. Thank you so much for your feedback. I really am grateful you took the time to be in touch and I'm sorry yeah. it missed the mark with you. Certainly not our intention, but we are grateful for your support at the college. And that's really ultimately what we're hoping mm-hmm. this is about. So I know we're, I, as I've gotten older, I don't expect everybody's going to love everything, right? I, I don't have that anticipation. Because I think especially as you're working across generations there, too. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's something that just yeah. by nature. I mean, we've talked about conversations before with like your family and how uh, the question around Bad Bunny and how everyone feels slightly different about the artist. <laughs> so just to give you a little bit of background. Yeah. So I have a younger brother who's 20 something. I'm 30 something and I have two older brothers. One's 40 something and then the other one's 50 something. So we span like Thanksgiving dinners are crazy. Um, yeah, <laughs> They're so awesome. You can see. But yeah, yeah. It, it creates that that divide sometimes where it's like, how how will this one generation respond over another? Land? And yeah. how? Yeah. And sort of in a way, I wonder if if your team has to sort of prioritize that based on the strategy that you've set up front, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right, right. The classes and sort of the age ranges get a different yeah. version of, yeah. you know, the same type of thing. Animation can be used to do more serious stuff. I think that's one thing that you have to kind of cut, like look at it in terms of the goals. Right. Yeah, yeah. That it, yeah, and that's, that's the challenge with what we do. So we know it's we're not going to be able to make one thing that speaks to every person across generations. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. And so we're, we're, we're increasingly like giving days, um, different campaigns we run are often we're targeting, we're doing things that are targeted at certain generations. We're trying, we assume that hopefully within the five or six sort of mini campaigns are running throughout a fiscal year that we're going to hit everybody with one, but it's not going to be the same one, right? Definitely. It's not going to be the same. So, so, Last question here, I think, and maybe more questions will come of this, but I always like to ask this because, again, sort of the goal here is to give people a sense of what it's like from your perspective. But thinking back to when you first started with us, knowing what you know now, 
what do you wish you knew about the medium of animation for your goals? No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I probably, this is so irritating. I hate it when people do this, but I guess my question is, is like, kind of goes back to you, like, um, and I, and so I'm going to want you to answer this for us too, because it was our first time working together on kind of a big project like this. Were we clear enough? I think we struggled. We weren't a hundred percent sure of the concept when we started. Was that more helpful, less helpful? I think that we really hadn't done something like this before. So did we ask the right questions? Sometimes I think like it must be really fresh. You know, I always joke. It's like you speak <laughs> French enough to ask where the bathroom is, but then like the answer comes and you're like, I, I don't speak enough French to know what that answer means. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, and I think we came into it a little bit like that where we were like, we don't really know what this process is going to be like. I mean, I, I honestly thought it went pretty well because we tried to stay really open and we tried to make it, I hope, okay for you to tell us what you could do and what you couldn't without the sense that you were disappointing us in any way. I think for us, I, I can say, yeah, I did not feel frustrated. I was actually more appreciative that the questions came up and there was like transparency around the idea of, hey, both sides don't know the situation right now. So how are we going to come together to fix it? It felt more there's a part of collaborative work that requires both sides to let go a little bit, right? And to be like, okay, we acknowledge that we don't know this part of the process, you know, for transparency on our side, it was one of the first times we were doing like a video series of that nature, like breaking something into small chunks in that way. So that was a test for us to see what that process looked like a little bit. On both sides, I think there was a level of appreciation of acknowledging we we haven't done this before. How can we do it together? What's the right format for it? And I think that helped inform projects down the road to be like, okay, we we now have a level of understanding that we could move through either faster or in a different way or approach something that would provide clarity right at the front. Yeah. And I'll, I'll add to that. So for, for every project that we do, I think we have three sort of main goals. Our, our first goal is to make it simple for you because we understand that we're trying to work with people who might not have done this before, like you said, have that sort of language barrier. And our job And it's on us to kind of make you feel very comfortable with that through our workflow, through our pipeline, through our content that we're trying to educate people on. So that's one version, like one thing that we want to do. The other thing we want to do is make it simple so that it feels natural. And then the last piece is uh, build a relationship, right? So we want to make sure that the relationship that we build with you and with other clients that we have is sustainable and hopefully powerful. And you talked about trust, like... You're putting your creative trust on us to feed us the right material so that we produce the right things for you. And so one of the things that we might have wanted to ask about, which we ask about now, but maybe back then, this was a little while ago. So I'm trying to think of what we could have asked. Every project we work on helps inform the next project, which I'm sure is the same on your side, right? That like the campaigns that you run, you're like, okay, how do we do this better for next time? Yeah. 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 How do we improve? One of the things we, we probably could have asked about was, this target. And, you know, when you talked about these different generations of of alumni that you're talking to, that didn't even come to my mind when we were first talking about 
the mammoth and, and doing these things. I think as creatives, we get excited about the potential of a project very quickly because we're talking about style or what character we're going to work with or like, what are we going to have this character do? And like, you know, again, I, you touched on this earlier too, is that you see it in, your, in the back of your head. Right. We get that bug too. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, oh, yeah, yeah, we could add that and do this. Yeah. So, and so it's a, it's a balance. It's definitely a balance, but yeah, we could, we could have asked a little bit more about the generations. I think we could yeah. have asked a little bit more about targeting specific yeah. people. And I, I will say like, I think one of the things that, that, you know, we have an accessibility office at Amherst and, mm-hmm. you know, I should be bringing them into the process sooner. Like one of the things mm-hmm. that we, we have been thinking a lot about is how accessible our work is, making sure that there are captions, making sure yep. that we're considering how things work with screen readers. We, we've run into problems with that before. I, I feel like on other projects, I, I feel like that's something that's really, really important. And sometimes in the excitement of the, you know, getting the thing out, I, we need to be more sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we work on regularly. To the audience question, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, we worked on something earlier where you made the mammoth dance. And so we had a whole conversation about the kinds of dances. And <laughs> right. Yes, yep. yes. Dances that appeal to one generation versus another. And, um, you know, I think it's just, it's, it's so funny how, you know, how to watch a mammoth dance in the first place. Who yes. thought about that? You know, yeah. Just think about that. Yeah. You know, just period. Um, you're dealing with a, with a prehistoric creature. So yeah. Like, I, yeah. I was definitely yeah. telling people that it was like, it was the first time that I, I could ever say that I had made a mammoth do the floss. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you exactly. never know where your animation career is going to take you, but <laughs> I'm going right to the top. <laughs> These are the dreams. I think about that yes. all the time. I, I was interviewing somebody for a position and she said to me, oh, you know, I have a friend who works at Amherst and she told me, oh, you're the donut lady. Ah. And I was like, oh. Right. And I was like, that's what my career has come down to. Like, I'm a donut. <laughs> like that thing, you know, all these years supporting higher ed. Nope. Just the donut lady. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, you find yourself in these positions, but also isn't that like the joy of it? The fun yes. of it, the interesting. That's why I think what you do is it's just a great way to get a message across and inspire in different ways and flip things on its head. That, that to me is fun to be able to do that. And you guys do a great job. Yeah. Well, I think on the flip side, too, I think I get inspired by you and our clients who are like trying something new are stepping into like you're constantly creative, right? Because you're coming up with new ways to embrace a new strategy for something and testing it out and being like, it's okay if that test works or doesn't work because it's a test. And that's the goal of it. And like we can explore. And I think that's a that's a beautiful thing, because I think if if you're so set and stuck in the way that it has to be done this way, then it's easy to get lost and kind of just stay in that one little bubble, so to speak. So yeah, we appreciate the work you do for sure. Yeah. Yeah, And that's the thing. If you do the same thing over and over again, the results are not going to be better. (laughs) And I, I do feel like, um, even when something doesn't go the way we hoped, we talk a lot about it because we learned something from it. I mean, we had something the other day that I was like, this is the most, this is the smartest, best strategy ever. And it just didn't work. And, Mm. and, you know, I think working at a place like Amherst, which is such a fantastic institution, but there's like this sense of, oh, therefore we can never really make a mistake. And mm. and I actually think that's exactly what places like Amherst do. That's the beauty of them, right? Yeah. Is that you get to make mistakes and you learn, right? And so I actually oftentimes do share broadly within our office when things don't go well, mm. right? Not just when we killed it and we reached the goal and all those things, but talking about what didn't go well, what things we wish we had done differently, yeah. 
and talking about those things, like we learn from those things. I, I don't think you should be afraid to talk about, we did a whole presentation at a conference that we go to all about how, you know, this digital marketing effort we had, like, honestly, we really, nothing went right. Nothing went right. Like, all the way through it. And the presentation at the end of it, I realized I was like, and so this is an entire half an hour thing on what not to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that okay? Like, yeah. we, you know, once you learn from that. So the next time we were much smarter, better, faster at those things. Yeah. And that's the joy of it. I yeah. think. Yeah. I always say learn from other people's mistakes too. Yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be so much more convenient. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, that touches, yeah, yeah, that touches on the idea too of like how, you know, social media is a, is a platform where everyone's showing their best sense of themselves as opposed to showing all the pitfalls that got to that nice, oh beautiful post that you've made. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I always say to my kids, like when you post a picture of yourself having like the best time at the party, I want you to, I want to see you alone in your room crying. <laughs> like I'm tired. It didn't go well, you know, whatever, because like, that's the reality of it. Yeah. Um, and we forget that. Um, and we tend to edit those moments out. Right. And remember it as the most fun, the best thing, whatever, but I don't know. How do you know they are the most fun if you don't have those moments? That's right. true. And now I feel very old and philosophical. <laughs> well, we appreciate the philosophical yeah, here. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm taking okay. that. I'm taking that wisdom and now transferring it into our next projects. <laughs> That's Good, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, um, really. Really appreciate it. Um, oh, thanks I'm for... glad to do it. I mean, next time I hope we can solve a crime together. I yes. feel like <laughs> Ooh, yes. that'll be a bonus <laughs> episode. Yeah. When the podcast ships, you just let me know because uh, we'll I am do. definitely there. Yeah. yeah that would... <laughs> I mean, I listen to a bunch of them, so we can crime we can junkies. get into it. We're, yeah. we're big on crime junkies. Yes. Yes. I, I am there. I am ready when you are. So please, <laughs> please call on me. And then um, we can we can animate some of the uh, some of the crime uh, scenes and like that would be yeah, amazing yeah 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 I'm gonna I can already see the body outline but I know that's wrong <laughs> I'll let you decide I'll let you decide how you're gonna illustrate it but it'll just be a know collaboration I'm, yeah we'll yeah, figure yeah, it yeah. out together yeah. Yeah, we'll go back and forth that yeah. sounds great excellent. <laughs> Is there, yeah, I just, last thing, If do, do you want to plug anything? Do you want to send people anywhere just in case if they're listening? Yeah, my new, my new yeah. album's coming out next week and I'll be on, no. <laughs> um, I, uh, if you are listening, please make a gift to your college's mm -hmm. annual fund. Mm -hmm. We really do rely on you, no matter the college. How about that? Um, but but I, I appreciate this opportunity and it was great to be able to see the two of you and do this. And um a higher ed could learn a lot from other industries. So mm, awesome. that's what part of the great thing of working with people like you is that, <laughs> that you see other industries and you're like, you know what, this thing, and it, and it translates. Yeah. Right. And I really appreciate that. So. Right. Well, even case in point today, we've learned a lot from higher ed. So yeah, it's a, true. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. There you go. Surfing life. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. We will talk to you soon. We really appreciate it. And I guess that's it for now. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. All right. Take thank care. You. Bye.